Welcome to Ghostly. Hey, everybody. So we have a bonus episode for you today. And uh, when Bob from Bob After Dark calls you up and says, do you want to do a crossover episode? You say yes. You say, where do I sign up? (laughs) You say, let me do some research. (laughs) You say, let me write a ghost story. Yeah. So we did all that. And um, this is basically just us with Bob. Now, I do want to put out a warning for you that this might be a trigger episode for some people because it talks about violence and it talks about suicide and it talks about death. Yeah. So we just want to give out that National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. We put it in the episode as well, but we just wanted to put that in there. Hey there, children. Welcome. Yeah, because we we care about you and your mental well-being. Absolutely. But this is a fun episode. It is definitely. We hope you enjoy it. All right. Here it is. As always, it's my ever wonderful. Wait a second. I'm not in the studio. Cow Panic's not with me. What is this? Well, folks, it's actually a podcast exclusive episode where I'm not in the studio. Cow Panic's got the day off, and instead I wrote two of my favorite people in the entire world to do a collaboration with me recording on a Sunday afternoon. Who are you two? Uh, well, I'm Pat. Uh, I'm Rebecca. And um, what kind of... What kind of toast do you like? Like, um, are we talking raisin toast, cinnamon raisin toast? You know, no one's ever asked me a question before, Pat. And what do you like on your toast? Just butter. Just butter, no jam? No butter, no. Just butter, no jam. Wow. Sourdough? White. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Wonder bread? um, uh, No, I'm a fan of the Italian cut loaf. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. All right, we're getting a little off topic here. That's the welcome to the paranormal podcast, where we talk about legends, lore, and supernatural things that go bump in the night, lights in the sky, and the unexplained. As I said earlier, this is a very special episode because this is a podcast exclusive, honoring all of you that don't get a chance to watch the live show, but check me out in podcast land after the fact. I done many episodes on Ghostly Podcast, and Pat and Rebecca have guest starred on my show a couple times. This is a good opportunity for the three of us to get together and talk about probably one of the most requested topics I think both of our shows have ever gotten. Would you two agree? Yeah, it's it's up there. Uh, and Pat, what are we talking about? Um, we are talking about microclimates, right? Uh, it sounds like deja vu. <laughs> no, we are talking about the Hotel C- uh, uh, Cecil. The Hotel Cecil, excuse me. Or Cecil. It is, it's, yeah. You stumble over it because you hear it in lots of different ways. We're going to go Cecil, I think. Yeah, and um, Bob asked us to do this episode with him because I think he got spooked out by the Netflix um, documentary. I wouldn't say spooked out. But I feel like the documentary only touched base on so much, and it left a certain demographic, I think, wanting more, like myself. Uh, A little backstory on why I wanted to do this and why I wanted to do a collaboration was a couple months ago, I sat down and I watched this really popping documentary. It was all the, uh, you know, all the social medias were talking about it, and that was the uh, disappearance, the story of the disappearance of Lisa Lamb at the Hotel Cecil or the Cecil Hotel. And I watched it expecting to get thrown into a 
weird paranormal rabbit hole because I've always heard the stories of the Cecil Hotel, but I've never really got a chance to visualize it. It's always in a podcast form or somebody talks about it. It's one of the most haunted locations in America. So I sat down and I was ready for a paranormal excursion and somehow my my team cap got changed from paranormal podcast to true crime enthusiast and i think we're going to talk a little bit about the documentary here guys so if you guys have a chance to chat a little bit or talk a little bit about it before we move in sure i mean well i think what surprised me just kind of what you're saying there with the documentary is that i was i was expecting it to be very paranormal like i i actually saw that you know as part of the documentary they play like a, a weird video um, of this girl that they're focusing on. And I was fully expecting it to be super paranormal. Um, and it really wasn't. I mean, like even within the documentary, there's lots of theories, lots of things flying around, but not a lot of paranormal. No, it's more true crime. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I really thought that it could have went with two less episodes. You know, like four episodes would have been the perfect amount for this one. I really feel that they were dragging it out just to get people to view it. And uh, <laughs> I hate that. Uh, I I liked it, but it was it was kind of, yeah, they definitely and they held some stuff back, of course. Wait, we're not getting uh, sponsorship from Netflix, right? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, Netflix can sponsor us, though. They <laughs> right, can, yes. They choose to. <laughs> um, <laughs> Netflix, if you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure they are, right? I'm sure they are, yes. But yeah, I think what um, what made me curious to do more research after the fact was like, okay, you know, so this is one person's story that happened, and I don't know that it's paranormal necessarily, um, but so why why do people say that it's haunted? And I'd love to, you know, I wanted to find out what other stories were associated with it. Well, you know, what got me interested in doing some more research in this is that Bob asked us to. So I, I do as I'm told. So I did the research. <laughs> so in the great ghostly fashion. Uh, and Bob After Dark, the three of us kind of put our thinking caps on and try to figure out the mystery behind the Cecil Hotel that dives a little bit deeper than the Netflix documentary. And of course, because I have Pat and Rebecca with me today, I got to let them kind of take the steering wheel a little bit because the two of them are like the podcast Batman and Robin, man. Those, the two of them just rock the show, rock the formatting. Well, so we're going to do, do something really great. Oh, go on, Pat. I'm definitely Batman then. I mean, I'm just saying. Hey. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm I'm no Robin. Wow. <laughs> Rebecca, I'd be a little offended if I were you. Uh, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, I'm Catwoman. I mean, really, give me well, a then, little bit of Well, then I'm Captain America, okay? <laughs> then I'm Captain Marvel, okay? Ooh. I would just like to be Nick Fury in this situation because I'm the one that rounded us together. <laughs> so without further ado... Ladies and gentlemen, and Bob After Dark fans, if you've never had a chance to listen to an episode of Ghostly Podcast, you guys are up for a treat. Because as in Ghostly tradition, Rebecca writes a ghost story per episode, every episode. And she is absolutely wonderful and agreed to do the same exact thing that we have here. So Rebecca, without further ado, my Captain Marvel... Spooky tale from our back. 
<laughs> Thank you. Well, I wrote my ghost story today uh, in honor of you, um, Bob, because I I know you like it uh, when I write them a little bit more in the uh, kind of the second person is technically the the English <laughs> teacher term of it. Rebecca kinda, was an English professor. Uh, yeah, just well, to just to let everyone know. <laughs> but where I uh, I put the listener in the place of of the person in the story, I don't always do that, but I that's what I did today. Um, so all right, here we go. Imagine you're a young adult just starting to explore the world. You decide to take a trip to California. I mean, especially LA. Now, you got to go cheap as, you know, you're young and don't have a lot of money. So you book cheap hotels and hostels. I mean, you just need a place to sleep so you can be out exploring all day. So you get to LA after an amazing time in San Diego. You check into Stay on Main, which is a part of the Cecil Hotel. You chose this place because it looked nice on their website and I mean, it's downtown, right in the heart of things. The lobby is beautiful. The hotel and its rooms are not so much, but you're used to hostels, so it's okay. Your first few nights, you hear a lot of noises. This place definitely has no soundproofing. There are people fighting, laughing, cooking, and uh, you know other stuff. It's hard to get to sleep. <laughs> Not to mention the elevator just keeps going all night and day, even when no one is on it. It's weird. By your third night, things are quieter. It's during the week now, so a lot of people are gone. It actually seems like a lot of people checked out. It's kind of weird, but you appreciate the quiet. Though that dang elevator just keeps going on its own. That night you wake up having to go to the bathroom and while you have a sink in your room, the bathrooms are communal, so you have to go down the hall. Right by the elevator. When you get to the door, you notice the elevator door is open. No one is on it. You're on the seventh floor, so it seems like a weird place for it to just be open. Then the other elevator does the same thing. They both just sit there, open. As you head into the bathroom, you feel a breeze from behind. And now everything seems quiet. You finish what you need to and go to wash your hands. Only the water doesn't come out of the tap right away. And then when it does, it's slow and kind of reddish. It's really gross. Feeling totally creeped out, you leave. And those elevators are still sitting there open. You walk kind of fast back to your room, but all of a sudden you hear footsteps behind you. You look over your shoulder, but there's no one there. Your fast walk turns into a slow run. You make it back to your room and slam the door behind you, resting against it. Then you hear it again, footsteps walking by your room. They pause at your door, but then they move on. Now it's 3 a.m. and you're terrified, but your mind still just tells you this is late night nervousness. So you get into bed, pull up the covers, and just will yourself to listen to music and fall asleep. Surely you didn't hear anyone. The next morning, you go to use your sink in your room. It does the same thing with the slow red-brown liquid. So as you leave for the day, you tell the front desk about the bathroom in your room, 
And the clerk says, oh, no, not again. What? You say? Again? Do you have like a lot of plumbing issues here? You could say that, I guess. Let's just say you don't want to know what could be causing this issue. I recommend you leave here as soon as you can. Wow. And anybody that's uh, seen the documentary, that is kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just saying. <laughs> Rebecca, that might have been one of your finest stories I've heard you tell. <laughs> Thank you. And how much of that is made up, Rebecca? Uh, it's kind of a combination. A lot of it's made up, but it's there's there's elements of it that are in the stories mm. we're going to tell today. I will say that the stay on main is only the first five floors. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, Whatever. Just, just my critique of it, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a critique, Rebecca. You keep doing just, you know what, Pat, I'll do you a favor. I'll trade you Count Panic. You can have him and I'll take Rebecca. <laughs> wow. Wait, do or, I get the cape with him? You, you get him the cape and all this producing goodness. In the polo shirt? <laughs> sometimes a flannel, sometimes <laughs> a polo. Wow. It just depends. Wow, I don't know. That's kind of... Maybe we should trade. I don't know. Or panic. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> you know, I saw panic come in for a story or get some research together, and I get in, and panic gives me that ten million dollars smiling. He's like, I don't know, Bob. I just, I just control the dials. Hmm. <laughs> it's always interesting because I go in with panic, and he, he's, he does this because he enjoys producing he's not the paranormal fanatic like we are right so it's funny whenever i get him to like sit down i'm like oh what'd you think of the story he's like wow that's really great i'm like it's always it's always a first timer hearing these things it it blows (laughs) my mind every time but here's rebecca just laying out this great ghost story Hmm. setting up a podcast and i i'm i'm a fan well i mean the veil rocks the rocks the you know rocks the the side of team skeptic, I think sometimes. So you and him could be skeptic. Bro. Yeah, so there you bad. go. Well, the veil is at its thinnest, right? As of recording this, we're <laughs> in like the midst of Beltane. So if you consider that one of the sabots where the veil runs thin, <laughs> then yes. Cheese curds. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Now, folks, because we had Rebecca give a good ghost story, now we have to have something equally as special. Pat is a historian, a brilliant researcher, and sometimes just nails the facts on the head. Perhaps you can call them the hashtag at facts. Pat's facts. From a skeptic point of view. Pat's facts. He presents it all to you. Pat's facts. Facts. Pat facts. Pat facts. Mm-hmm. All right. Pat's got, Pat's got a history lesson for all of us about the Cecil, and I think you all are going to be extremely surprised about the grim history that is the Hotel Cecil. You know, for me, like the ghost story is always great. I always appreciate that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I like to get to the history part. I like to know what took place around that time because it gives us a brand new perspective on these ghost stories and sometimes sheds light into what might be like a little bit of a falsehood. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> okay. So for the Cecil hotel, 
Uh, the Cecil was built in 1924 by three hotelers, William Banks Hanner, Charles L. Dix, and Robert H. Shoops, as a destination for business travelers and tourists. Now, the fancy people would pronounce it hoteliers. Oh, yeah, hoteliers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call them hotelers myself. I guess that shows how I'm on the fancy scale. <laughs> I, it's just fine. Yeah. Just wanted to put that in there. Uh, the hotel cost $1.5 million to complete and had marble floors and stained glass windows in the lobby. So it was, it was fancy in its day. Again, the lobby, very fancy. Yeah, and um, just so people know, there is roughly 700 rooms in the Cecil Hotel. It's huge. It is. It's a, a very, very big one. Yeah. Uh, so the first documented suicide, and by the way, um, this might be a trigger for some people. So uh, we have prepared uh, to give you the suicide prevention hotline number. So suicide National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. Uh, you know, if you just search suicide hotline, you're going to not only get a phone number, you're going to get a chat line and a website with a lot of great information. So, uh, you know, help us out there. And uh, if this is triggering for you, well, yeah. keep that in mind. And I, we just want to do that because there will be a lot of talk of suicide and a lot of violence within this episode. There is many a trigger warning in this episode, Shelter and Nights, so just be prepared. Absolutely. Tight, and just know that your mental health is warranted. We love every single one of you. So the first documented suicide at the Cecil occurred on the evening of January 22nd, 1927, when Percy Orman Cook, uh, who was 52 years old, shot himself in the head while inside his hotel room after failing to reconcile with his wife and child. Uh, the next reported death occurred in 1931 when a guest, W.K. Norton, I always love when people just use their initials, W.K. Norton, uh, he died in his room after taking poison capsules. That's, I mean... Yeah, that's dramatic. Yeah, right? That sounds like a spy or something. Mm. Within four years of each other, too. That's that's a short time span. Mm, I mean, I, I'm prepared to talk about this. Uh being that there's 700 rooms there and that there is um, that it's been open almost 100 years old, there is a surprising low amount of suicides at the Cecil Hotel, I would say. Um, five years after it was built, America would sink into the Great Depression. This didn't immediately mean that it was the end of the Cecil. But the decades beyond the 1940s saw the hotel decline because the nearby area became what is known as Skid Row. As many as 10,000 homeless people lived within a four-mile radius. This is a hotel that you could pay for a night, a week, or even a month at a time. So it attracts a certain clientele, and also um, they... They really want tourists to come in there, but it's like really low budget tourist area. So, well, and and it's more like you said, it's a uh, something that people can almost live in. Yeah, and many people did or do. Uh, in nineteen, 19- actually... oh, oh, go ahead, Bob. I've actually been to Skid Row and outside the Cecil Hotel, and when they say ten thousand people, it's that's not an over exaggeration. No. It's almost like a mini city within the city blocks. Really, it is. Yeah. I mean, 
it is definitely a sight to see. There's a lot of tents out there. I, you know, being being from Chicago, I always wondered how we have homeless people in Chicago. Like, why wouldn't you go someplace warmer? And I, you know, always am like, why don't you go to California? And I didn't realize that they do. <laughs> That's where a lot of homeless people live. So, in 1964, a retired telemarketer named Pigeon Goldie Osgood who has been a well-known and well-liked long-term resident at the hotel, was found dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, beaten, and her room was ransacked. Jacques B. Ellinger was charged with Osgood's murder because he was seen covered in blood roaming the streets close to the hotel. But he was later cleared as a suspect. Her murder remains unsolved. Yeah, what's kind of scary to think about is around there, like someone wandering the street covered in blood. It's kind of like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. happens. It's a thing. Horrific, horrific imagery, but not too much out of the door, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, perhaps most infamously, in the 1980s, the hotel may have been the residence of serial killer Richard Ramirez, nicknamed the Night Stalker. Ramirez was a regular presence on the Skid Row area of Los Angeles, and according to a hotel clerk who claims to have spoken to him, Ramirez is rumored to have stayed at the Cecil for a few weeks. And another serial killer, Austrian Jack Unterwerger, stayed at the Cecil in 1991, possibly because he sought to copy Ramirez's crimes. While there, he st- strangled and killed at least three sex workers for which he was uh, convicted in Austria. That His story, by the way, if you're a true crime person, uh, go check that out. There's some really good episodes of other true crimey things out there. Um, just, man, that man was, that was a crazy story. Yeah. He was in prison and then they let him out because he was a really good writer and he, <laughs> and he like totally made up his background. Like I was, you know, abused as a child and blah, 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 blah. Totally not even true. Like he uh. had like a totally normal childhood. And uh, anyways, but there was like a campaign to release him. And then almost immediately after he came out, started killing women again. <sighs> totally. Okay. And then when they started, the, it started to get hot uh, in Austria. He can't comes to LA, does his stuff here. We of course have no like, our police like have no reason to like the police there were kind of like didn't want to think he did it because obviously that would make them look stupid <laughs> because mm. they let him go. Um, anyways, whatever. It's a long story, super interesting. Um, and he really did save the Cecil. Wow. Well, Rebecca, I put this next fact in here for you. In 1987, the Irish rock band U2 performed on a building's rooftop next to the Cecil Hotel for the band's official video for Where the Streets Have No Name, which was based primarily on footage from this performance, and you can see the Cecil Hotel in the actual footage. That is so crazy. I love that video, love the song. I don't know why I didn't realize it was in L.A. I guess yeah. I thought it was New York for some reason. I think it was so did the I. Beatles. Yeah. Like, I don't know, but it's amazing. I and, had no idea. I'd be interested to see what their thoughts were. Well, they weren't on the Cecil, right? They were next to it. Yeah, they were next to yeah, it. Yeah, but I definitely want to I'm go sure back and watch the video again. The Cecil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and Bob, I put this next fact in here for you. The hotel oh, no. can be seen in the background of Blink 182's video, The Rock Show, in 2001. I actually knew that fact. Wow. But 
I um I never really put two and two together until like reading the script. I was like, it's the same Cecil Hotel, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I know you're a Blink One Eighty Two fan, so yes. that's why I put it in there. In yeah, 2008, I, two longtime residents referred to the Cecil as the Suicide, and it became a popular nickname in social media years later. But interestingly enough, Roomspook, which is a website that tracks hotel deaths, lists at at least 13 suicides that happen at the hotel. 13 in 100 years for 700 rooms is not that bad. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people commit suicide in hotels. Uh, we, Me and Rebecca were talking about this beforehand, and it's because, you know, their family's not there, nobody to interrupt them. And, um, you know, maybe their family doesn't have to clean up the mess either. So I don't know. I just I don't know if that's a big number or a small number. I'm not sure, you know, what the the number, an average number would be at a hotel. I just know that uh, I I think a lot of times they they hide that number, you know, they do. Yeah. Uh, In 2007, it's new owners wanted to give it another go. So it was partly refurbished. But in 2011, it had its biggest refurbishment and rebranding as part of the Cecil became Stay on Main with a separate reception area. And after renaming and rebranding, the one section of the hotel is when Elisa Lamb checked in. It was 2013. She was there for a few days after spending a couple of days in San Diego. And she was supposed to then go to San Francisco but died while staying at the hotel. This is what the Netflix series is mostly about. In the end, the police said that she stopped taking her bipolar medication and had erratic behavior that ultimately ended with her climbing up the water tanks on the roof and drowning inside one of them. I know, Bob, you uh, question this a lot, right? It's, It's a tough pill to swallow. Um, when I was watching the documentary and I was familiar with the case of Lisa Lamb, like I, I didn't know a lot of the backstory going into the documentary. I knew of it, uh, but watching the documentary, I feel like, I feel like the ending was rushed with her story and it just left me wondering how much of it do we not know about? And I understand the documentary did a really good job of trying to tie up loose ends like oh well this is the reason why the security footage was messed up during it or why she drowned in the tanks i the biggest problem i had was the, the lid of the tank and i mean we're not you know the, the episode's not debating her death or whatever it's it just left something to me of wondering what really happened and i understand that you know they they pretty much think they nail it but i feel like there's just something there that we don't know I sure. I, mean, I agree that they I I they rushed a lot and I think this is where Pat was talking about maybe being too many episodes where you know they focus so much on the the internet uh piece of it and and the spiraling of it on on the internet which made it sound like it went on for years and years and years but it really I mean I, I guess it has continued but like the frame that they were talking about was just like a few months and not as much time focusing on Elisa herself and her mental illness and it, that did seem kind of rushed at the end. Um, but I, I was, I, to be honest, personally, was very convinced by 
um, you know, the, the, the explanation of her illness, what had happened before with her, you know, previous episodes. Um, Wait, so you don't think it was morbid? No. The guy <laughs> that morbid? Poor, that poor man. I mean, I'm sorry. Like that. He got put through the ringer. Yeah. Did, I mean, yeah. that's, and I think to me almost, I felt like it, you know, it was a more of a show in some ways about internet culture and how easy things are to spread and for people to just keep feeding each other. You know, I think, I guess part of it too, we just watched, you know, another documentary, which we're not going to go into on this, but, you know, just about social media and just how easy it is for things to to spark and people to drive each other and make money on it. Because guess what? If I'm making all these YouTube videos where I'm dissecting Elisa Lamb's, you know, elevator video and my users go up, how handy is that? Yeah. So anyways, I it was a that there that was a whole other aspect of it. But I, I guess for me, I felt like I once we get to the end, which I guess I don't know if we want to spoil on the show, but you know, it, it, anyways, that made me it convinced me that it was not paranormal. All right. Doesn't mean I don't think there's a ghost there. Well, I have a no, couple. I don't, oh, oh well, go ahead. Go ahead. Bob. Oh, I was going to say, I don't, and I don't want to spoil it either. I don't think the death was paranormal either, but I definitely think there's something paranormal about it. Also, Pat, I have a, some statistics for you. Okay. About how many people die in hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from the National Travel Advisory Board. They're saying that. If you stay in a different hotel room each night for seven nights, the probability that you stay in a hotel room that someone has died is 64%. And that's that's pretty high. Night, seven nights in any hotel in the world. I just figured I'd throw out that stack real quick. Yeah, but not Disney hotels, though. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Uh, no. they, they may tell you that that's zero percent. <laughs> Uh, I have a couple more facts to get through. Uh, these are things that happened after Elisa Lam. Uh, in 2014, the hotel was sold to New York City hotelier. There you go. <laughs> oh. uh, Richard Bourne for $30 million. And right after that, another New York-based firm named Simon Barron develop- Development acquired a 99-year ground lease on the actual property. In 2016, Matt Barron, president of Simon Barron, said that he was committed to the preservation of architectural or historically significant components of the building, such as the hotel's grand lobby, but his company planned to completely redevelop the interior and fix the hodgepodge work that he had done in more recent years, or that had been done in more recent years. Um Beyond renovating rooms, the develop the developer also plans a gym, a lounge, and this part bothers me a little bit. This this is horrible. But go and on. a rooftop pool. <laughs> yeah, um, but the hotel closed in 2017 for the renovation, and um, project completion is slated for sometime in 2021. In February uh, 2017, the Los Angeles City Council voted to deem the Cecil a historic cultural monument because it is representative of an early 20th century American hotel and because of the historic significance of its architect's body of work. 
Well, I will tell you, and this is, we're going to be getting into some evidence here, but um, some people have been in it recently or been around it recently. And while it does seem like there's some work on it, it is nowhere near being completely renovated or ready to open. It wow. doesn't seem like anytime soon. And I, and I wonder, I just wonder if some of that, if it being voted to be a historic monument, mm-hmm. there might be some things that prevent some of those renovations that it could that person wanted it to definitely do, could you know but also that means that the hotel cecil will be around forever yes yeah uh, do you guys have anything to add to the history uh there is a couple points i wanted yeah. to add that some of the residents that have stayed there um most residents that stay in the cecil hotel as pat was saying are but uh travelers on a budget and a lot of the homeless population that are looking for a place to sleep long term on the cheap without needing a lease for rent. Some people stay at the Cecil or stayed at the Cecil for years and years at a time, permanent residents, if you will. And the hotel staff over the years have been very they they opened up the the stay on main as a section for more touristy people to go and stay but they still have to interact with the people that live there yeah. and it's a mandate that because they offer this discounted room rate that the permanent residents aren't forced to move so while they were doing this big social media push you have a uh, you still have this um this dark not dark, but like this non-pretty side of the Cecil that's not talked about so much, or that is talked about, but they don't mention it in their social media. Like, oh, come on in, stay in this really trendy-looking hotel, but avoid the second set of elevators. That's uh, that's where the residents go up and down. So you have to understand that even during the time of these big social media pushes, still a lot of nonsense going on in that place. Well, and I think actually there isn't a separate set of elevators uh, which is what was kind of interesting is that like that was where everybody had to meet. Like it, they may have had a separate lobby, they yeah. may have been on yeah. separate floors, but there was still interaction between these kind of more long term residents and um, and then some of the people um, that are you know that were just staying there. I will also well you know what I'm going to save what I was just about to say for the debate. Ooh, well, I didn't think, I think we were going to actually- do a debate. I thought we all decided it was just uh, no, not haunted. No, no. Uh, Pat, I, I can't have Ghostly on a Bob After Dark episode without a debate. I don't get to debate anybody. Talking to Cop Panic, he just smiles and nods. There's no real debate. <laughs> so I get a chance to debate a skeptic, bro? That's pretty cool. You do, but you have to wait until after the break. All right, folks. Why don't you stick around and hear some words from some special stuff? last year, things have been really tough for theater groups. Rebecca and I belong to a production company and theater group called Memoriam Development. Memoriam has several podcasts that we are often on, and several members have been on Ghostly, like Nick, Amanda, and of course, Bob from Bob After Dark. And we have also been in several of their live shows. Obviously, those couldn't happen this last year. So Memoriam has taken one of their most popular shows, the horror anthology Nightshade, and made it digital. They're available to everyone, and you can access them at any time. 
They've been fantastically spooky, I, I gotta say. Right up our ghostly listeners' alley. Live theater is something close to our hearts, and we can't wait to get back to it when we get the all clear. But until then, check out Nightshade and support this Chicago theater group that gives local talent a place to shine. And please consider showing some ghostly love and liking Memoriam Development on all the social medias to find out even more. Thank you. Memoriam Development. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cecil Hotel episode. Uh, I thought we weren't going to do creepy voices. I don't know. I can never do. I can't do the creepy voices like you can, Pat. <laughs> the, the promo you guys have for the podcast, Pat does such a good job. It's Pat. You should be doing books on tape of like spooky stuff. Maybe I do. What? I mean, I am the whistler and I am the one that does books. <laughs> That's from our uh, latest episode on Billy the Kid. <laughs> That's a good whistle, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. I've All been right. practicing for you guys. <laughs> well, welcome back. And now we're going to get into the debate, Pat. Oh, It's going to happen. Okay. All uh, right. So as but Bob- wait a second. This is two against one here. Yep. <laughs> okay, you can I can take Nick it anytime you want, but <laughs> right now it's not that. Mm. Uh, so, no, I was gonna say, you know, both Bob and I kind of have said, right, the Lisa Lamb story, we felt like eh, not so much paranormal, but that does not mean that the Cecil Hotel is not haunted or that there aren't paranormal stories there. And uh, Bob, both of us independently found some stories, right? Yes. Um, and folks, by the way, there is a bit of evidence and a bit of uh, thing that's out there. If you were so inclined to watch, uh, Zach Baggins uh, did a whole episode where he locked himself in the Cecil Hotel for the evening. Um, it's it's a watch. I'm I, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not the biggest Zach Baggins fan here. We we are, we're we very uh, it's our old pal Zach as I refer to him as, and we just leave it like that. You know, he can he can always come on ghostly though if he wants. So <laughs> I, I would love to debate I would love to debate with Zach. I would I would pay ample <laughs> money to watch you and Zach have a paranormal debate. He's a baby though. <laughs> Behave. Hey. <laughs> now you are we uh we are two degrees from Zach Baggins. Oh, we are. I thought that was Kevin Bacon. Well, yeah, but if you go, if you go Zach Baggins. <laughs> oh, okay. Because our friend Nick Mataragas. Oh yeah, was yeah. On an episode. Yes. Of uh, Ghost Adventures. Yeah, he played Gacy, and he was naked in the shower. Totally naked in the shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get this train back on the rails. <laughs> so, Bob, you got some evidence first, right? 
I do, and I have an encounter I'd like to read you guys. Okay. Uh, this is uh, from a Reddit user, uh, VKLC. Uh, VKLC stayed at the Cecil and had a lot of weird experiences. Uh, at the time of writing this, this was about five, six years ago, and um, actually stayed when it was still the Cecil before it was known as the Stay on Maine. So this this Reddit user actually stayed there during the uh, the before the rebranding, if you will. So there was no printing the story up. So VKLC, VKLC explained that the staff were friendly and welcoming, but a number of strange occurrences started late at night in her room. I heard something making a thumping noise in the bathroom, so I went in, she writes. I didn't hear a thing for about two minutes, and then I heard a creak and another thump. It was clear that it was coming from the pipes on the bathroom sink. I turned the faucet on to make sure it was working and nothing came out. That's when I went to call the front desk. While on the phone, the water then starts running and BKLC ends the call. So it's not working. They call and then it starts working again as it as they call. And then while on the phone, BKLC noticed that the water started coming out like a sickly brown, almost gray before running completely clear. Uh, then the story became even more and more strange when in the middle of the night, they were woken up by a troubled man banging on the door, trying to help the stranger VKLC who describes themselves as a young 21-year-old female, was then left locked out of her room when the man pushes past her and slams the door, which she sees having to speak to the front desk. And the man at the reception apologized profusely, saying that something about all the characters he had to deal with. Kind of almost like a write-off. And he called the security, went up to my room, and went. He opened the door, no problem, and I was worried that the nut would have barricaded him in the door somehow. And it appeared no one was there until the guards went into the bathroom. And there, they found a man, slashed his wrists with a razor, and swung at both security guards and the Reddit user. And the Reddit user, unfortunately, was grazed by the razor blade. When emergency services were called and the staff were apologetic, offering the user a new room and a four full refund, for whatever reason, they decided to stay at the hotel for the remainder of the stay, explaining that she was prepared for L.A. just to be wacky. But the stories just kept continuing. One of the weirder ones was what happened in the hotel. I pushed the bar, the Elevator, I'm sorry. I pushed a button for the lobby, and the elevator was making a weird clunking noise. And this freaked her out because she's never been a fan of elevators. The elevator reached the lobby, but the doors didn't open. Instead, the elevator went back up to the third floor. The doors opened and immediately shut again, then took them up to the sixth floor. And then at the sixth floor, the elevator stalled, pressed the emergency button, and an intercom came on. And all they could hear was a weird bubbling noise, like a little kid was blowing bubbles in his juice through a straw. At this point, I'm thinking it was an electrical thing, and the intercom goofed up, too. Finally, the bubbling noise stops, and instead, the elevator fills with static. And the elevator, just like the Tower of Terror right at Disney, just drops. And as it's plummeting, it finally stopped at the third floor, and the doors open. And she pretty much left the elevators as soon as the door opened, 
and decided to take the stairs. When she was getting onto the stairs, she further felt unsettled when she ran into a little girl and a mother. And this is where it gets even scarier, because you can imagine running into a little girl at a hotel if you're a fan of the Shining series. The little girl starts saying something terrifying. Mama, that lady isn't real, just like Eleanor. Mother replies, sure she is, honey. I can see her. Only you can see Ellie. The mother gave me a sympathetic look and smiles. No, she isn't, Mama, because I can tell she has the shadows following her, like Eleanor does. Hmm. <laughs> That's where the story pretty much ends. You know, kids say the darndest things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually I have something to add to this, because I read sure. this Reddit post as well. Um, and to me, it was unclear exactly when she stayed there. Um, but anyways, it... Uh, but, and this is where I just mentioned this because it's where I got my inspiration partly for my story, which was then um, after all of this, again, she tried to use the water in her room and again came out with the weird reddish color, didn't work well. Um, so she again called down to maintenance and, or the front desk, they sent maintenance. Guy comes in, he goes in, he comes out like not even five minutes later and she's like, awesome. Hopefully this was easy fix. And he says, listen, you need to get out of this hotel. The water is fine. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, I've heard this complaint before. It's not the plumbing. It's in your head. I've been here a long time. I've seen and heard a lot. Save yourself some trouble and check out. Um, but <laughs> like, she's basically like, I actually think maybe he was right. <laughs> And they should have just left. Um, but basically, it was kind of like like this hotel messes with your head and like makes you see things. Hmm. It sounds very overlooky to me. <laughs> well, I mean, after watching the documentary, obviously, they do have problems with their water and their plumbing. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I've stayed at a lot of hotels in my day. Um, probably not as many as you, Rebecca. I know you used to travel for work, so yes, you probably stayed in some more than me. But I have noticed that oftentimes when I go to take a shower or uh, turn on the water at some of the some of the more shady hotels that I've been in, uh, I will hear like a like a thud or something, and that's the plumbing. So I'm just saying that they do have issues with their plumbing and. Unfortunately, I don't see anything paranormal in the story that you told. It all seems mechanical to me. Was the little girl mechanical too, Pat? I mean, she was just a little girl, you know, that, I mean, she's, as I said, kids say the darndest things, you know, they, she, um, she was referring to her imaginary friend. I don't know. That was the creepiest part to me for sure. Was the oh, little that was girl. horror. You know, it might be creepy, Pat, but I don't know if it's paranormal. I, it has the shadows following her after she's experiencing all of this stuff. And I know Pat's not a believer, but Rebecca, Rebecca will hang out. Children are more susceptible to the paranormal. They're a little bit more open to seeing things. And the fact that she's saying that she's seeing shadows following her after all this nonsense is going on is a bit 
odd. And especially, you know, kids might say the darkest things. I agree with you on that. And sometimes they're absolutely horrific. But it's just kind of odd that this child said this to her after she had her horrifying elevator ex- extravaganza. That's terrifying. I don't know. To me, it, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, so how, how are we going to rate this? Um, Bob, why don't you go first? What is, what is your rating of your evidence? <laughs> Zero to oh, ten. Boy. Zero to ten. I, listen, I don't discredit people very often. I, there might be some coincidence going on here, but I can't, I can't just justify the fact that everything that happened to this poor user was all straight coincidence. Um, I'm going to give this a solid eight. An eight, okay, mm-hmm. Rebecca. Where where are you at? I'm going. I'm going six because I I do think there were some things that were not necessarily paranormal. Just like this is a bad hotel <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but I but I'm over. I'm 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 on the side of believer just because it does seem like a lot to happen. It does seem like um, you know the the little kid thing was creepy. Uh, and, uh, you know, the thing with the water is, is just really spooky. I'm, I'm going to go zero on this one. Oh, uh, big surprise. <laughs> well, the reason why I am is because everything could be explained by coincidence or mechanical error. So I, I you know, to me, like it, it is creepy that that all happened at that time, but I, I don't see anything paranormal happening there. Nothing, nothing jumps out as being paranormal to me. Can, can I ask you a question about the story from your perspective, Pat? Yeah. How do you feel about the maintenance uh, person giving the answers that he did? Like you need to get out and this is in your head and he's heard things and save yourself the sanity. What's, what's your take on that? I think this world takes all kinds to fill it up. That's nothing, nothing paranormal in that. Um, I just believe that was his point of view and that's what he said. And he's entitled to that, I guess. Uh, I don't think I would keep him employed if he was telling my people to leave. Um, But, you know, whatever. (laughs) I'm not the boss, so. All right. (laughs) All right. So I think I've got the next piece of evidence. Okay. Um, Now, this is uh, somebody you can can find online. So uh, his name is Pete, P-E-E-T. Interesting. Manzingo. Manzingo. Yeah. And, wow. uh, he's, he's a I love tic- that name. TikToker, YouTuber um, that I may have even seen before. Um, he's, he's, I mean, he's been like lately he's been doing things on the Cecil because he lives across the street from it now. Yeah. But he was a famous, I mean, he's had a lot of followers. And, and, and just so everyone knows, Rebecca loves the TikTok. I have gotten addicted. It's not pretty, people. <laughs> it's really not pretty at all. Um, anyways. Uh, but now he does live across from the Cecil, so he's been, you know, starting to. He's been posting about it. Um, he like he'll like just leave his um, his phone or camera or whatever on it all night. Um, you know, live stream it and then let people you know say what they've seen. Um, but basically, lights going on and off, um, shadows in the windows. Um, he's seen figures though. I will say there was, there was one time where he saw a woman in the window and looked like she was going to jump and he was kept trying to call out to her and like wouldn't get a response and was all freaked out. And so he actually called the police because he's like, Oh my gosh, like someone's trying to jump. It turns out they were filming ghost adventures. 
Oh, at that moment. <laughs> so so it maybe was, it was Zach. Maybe Zach was the woman he saw. <laughs> it was an actress. It was an actress. Um, but it was all okay. you know part of the show and and whatever. So um, but it was just yeah. Anyways, but but the other things and then he actually also has made some claims, like that when he talks about when he tries to film himself talking about the Cecil or, you know, is talking about it, um, that he'll have paranormal things happen in his own apartment as well. Um, the one video I watched, you know, uh, it's like his camera turned off right as he started kind of talking about some of the paranormal things that have happened to him. And uh, anyways, so. So figures, lights on, shadows in the windows. Rebecca, I have a question for you. Yes. How many TikTokers do you watch that do absolutely nothing and have absolutely nothing going on in their videos? And just it's just like, hi, guys. And that's it. Um, More than you might think. I'm going <laughs> but are to they be very popular? With you. Actually, there's some really a lot of sto- there's a lot of personal storytelling in there, um, but not necessarily paranormal. Storytelling. Yeah, but here's the thing. Normal life does not sell. Right. True. But I'm telling you, he, this is a guy who was popular before the Cecil stuff is all I'm saying. OK, but normal life doesn't doesn't sell to anyone. Uh, we all live normal lives. We don't want to see that. We want to see extraordinary. We want to see, you know, that this is the day that something happens. That's what we want to see. And therefore, um, first of all, like lights going on and off in the <laughs> Cecil Hotel, that's not paranormal. Well, no, he said it's closed. No one goes oh, in or okay. out. Okay. I mean, so, there's no one. Yeah. I mean, they could still be working on that. And shadows in the window, that could be workers. I don't know. Uh, and even figures, <laughs> again, that could be workers working on the, working on refurbishing the Cecil Hotel. All right. Bob, what do you think? He says he does not see workers going in and out. What do you think? I'm going with Rebecca on this one. If the guy was famous prior to the Cecil Hotel thing, and if he's not a paranormal uh what's the personality i guess you can say and he just started kind of filming the weird stuff that happens across the street i mean sure he might be buying into the hype that's going on but the fact that there's multiple things going on and there's only so much of the hype train you could ride before you just gotta stop doing what you're doing because you're you know you gotta switch it up or whatever i'm gonna buy into it if i have to give a rating i'm gonna give it a solid seven I, sometimes you can't discredit what people say, and yeah, you can, I guess, but I don't know. There's it, there's so much you can argue that the hype train judge that this guy is seeing what he's seeing. So, yeah, well, and I will say too, um, yeah, like in his his uh his previous or his other work that he does is comedy. Like it's not at all paranormal. Well, I do comedy and I do paranormal, what? so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm an, I, though, again, I'm going to give it a six because, right. again, it's like, okay, curtain opens, a curtain closed, or whatever. And it it is hard to prove whether or not it was a person that did it or paranormal. It just, but when he started talking about stuff happening in his own place, that made me a little freaked out. All right. Well, I'm going to give it a zero because all of this could be explained by other stuff. <laughs> when there's things that can't be explained, uh, then that's when I will go up higher than that. And I do typically go higher than zero. Uh, it just, I have a rule of thumb. If it can be explained other ways, I'm going to use that. 
I'm also Pat, out of curiosity. Oh, come on, Rebecca. No, no, you go first. Pat, out of curiosity, what was the highest rating you've ever given something in Ghostly history? A four. And what story was that? I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, what was that? Oh, that was near death experience. Oh yeah, near death experience. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I just had nothing that I could say about a particular thing. Nothing could be explained by science on that particular um, thing that I gave a four to. So, okay, fair enough. I was yeah. just curious. Now I am also going to throw in something here because we're about to talk about some other other evidence. Um, and as part of watching some of this other evidence, there are, even just as of a few weeks ago, people still living in the Cecil Hotel. Okay. On that like second and third floor. I can I see think that. It is. Though, so like when they let people in to investigate, they are not allowed on those two floors because that is where residents still live. Mm. And my guess is kind of going back, Bob, what you were saying earlier about how they can't make people leave. There is a certain thing where like, it's hard to evict people. Um, and if they're tr- having trouble renovating it, which they don't really seem to be doing a lot of, I'm going to be honest, from these videos that we're about to talk about, um, you know, maybe they're just letting some a few people stay. Um, but there's not a lot of people in there, just a few. All right. Well, Bob, you have the next piece of evidence here, right? I do. It's actually a TikTok piece of evidence. Whoa. Are you into yes. the TikTok too? I am not. <laughs> um, I would like to be. I think um, there I should watch. be a Bob After Dark TikTok. We, we are going to do a Bob After Dark TikTok. Awesome. Soon. Yeah, I, uh, there's an untapped market there, I think, for what I do in the world of TikTok, including like paranormal baking. Yes, I agree. And like uh, creepy dolls too. Yes, come see my creepy doll collection fans. You don't have to send me any more right now. I, I got enough. No, I mean, you could always use more, I'm sure. No. no. <laughs> I'll start sending them your way. Uh, I already have creepy dolls around me, so I, I, I don't need I've that. I've seen them. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I remember when I was at your studio recording for the Tooth Fairy episode last year, right before like big pandemic stuff happened. Yeah. And I walked in and I looked at the case of dolls and I was like, uh. Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, right. I, so my next bit of evidence is from TikToker Chris Starr, who managed to get a pass into the Cecil Hotel for 30 minutes. They walked around with a spirit box, and at one point, a voice stands out and says, Lisa Lamb. And various other weird phenomena with a K2 meter kind of spiking off. And for only 30 minutes and you get that, uh, you know, that bit of evidence, it's, uh, that's definitely something substantial. Hmm. And it wasn't something staged because they were recording live when it happened. So like, apparently TikTok has a live record function. Oh, and yeah. As they were walking around, the, the spirit box spoke out and said, Lisa Lamb. So... Bob, what exactly is a spirit box? Well, it's a theoretical piece of scientific technology, Pat, and I have to use the word theoretical because I'm speaking to you. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a theoretical uh, piece of uh, scientific uh, instrument. That's what I'm looking for. I think, uh, it's, I think it's disguised as science. That's what I think. It's a meta, it's a meta science, Pat, if I may. <laughs> I'm calling it a theory. I'm leading you. I'm leading you halfway and calling it theoretical. Okay. 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 <laughs> Thank you. 
So the concept of a spirit box is there certain ones will run through uh, unused radio waves at like a really fast speed. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to pick up on a voice of these unused radio signals, that that is a spirit manipulating uh, the, the signal being able to kind of give words to come out in uh structure sure uh, another way is that it'll use static in the air around to kind of make things speak using you know static electricity etc and making words appear i've actually had several bits of uh experience on my own personal level where i've used these both on the radio signal front and on the static front. have you ever have you ever heard of any of them being hoaxed or anything yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and that's that's a good point, and I'm happy, you know, happy to explain that. Uh, there are certain apps that you can use on your phone that people claim that gives the uh, that gives real life um, answers based on like cell phone waves. I guess mm-hmm. the apps creators have come out and said that it's just a it's a fun party game that they kind of reprogrammed. You know, use your microphone to pick up on certain words, and uh, I think it's called data mining. To kind of pick up like the location you're at, and sometimes that the words will pick up based on the location you're at and whatnot. So there are hoaxed ones, but the one, the you know, more the equipment style ones, they're, mm-hmm. those are a little harder to hoax. And I've had ones where they've, you know, I've been on investigations where they have done nothing, and I've been on ones where they have spoke directly through and i've had some experiences i can't explain did you um ever see the one that graveside paranormal has i have not uh, oh wow use? oh man they use like a guitar amp with like some oh it's just it's incredible you should you should definitely check it out um we talked about it in our uh, country, country house. house episode yeah yeah there's and there's a video amazing. too that they have and it's just amazing, you know, what they what they put together there. Um, but in my in my opinion, is that um, a lot of times, you know, it's searching through radio channels and it's picking up various words at 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 times, and we are the ones that then put that in our mind that it's actually saying something to us, just like the static too. It's a common practice for humans to put together puzzle pieces. That's what we always try to do. We always try to figure things out. And a lot of times with the static, I believe we can kind of hear things in that static and we could, um, you know, make that feel more like a reality than it actually is. So I'm actually going to go a step further in uh, debunking this one. Whoa. I know. I, I didn't really realize this until you just told your story, Bob. Um, when you watch that video, because she has it on YouTube as well as mm-hmm. on TikTok, she's using a phone app as Ooh. her spirit box. It's not a real spirit box. Oh, look at you go. So, wow. I mean, I, I, I was on board with it. It sounded super real to me. Until you said that, and now I'm like, well, who knows what app, <clears throat> what app she was using, and you know what, uh, what it might have been doing, like knowing the where she was and kind of pulling words familiar with yeah. the hotel, you know. Though that was the only one that I, that was specific to that hotel, but um, 
Anyways. I mean, let me say- Seems I, very suspicious now. I love spirit boxes. I love the way that they sound. I love the spookiness of them. I just, you know, it's like when I have to then figure out if I believe in them or not, I don't. So I'm going to, uh, Bob, do you want to go first in your rating of this, even though it was your evidence? You know, and yes, she was using an app. I don't know exactly what app she was using. So it could be one of the ones that have been proven to be faulty or not. If I knew the exact app, I would come up and say zero. But um, I'm going to go with a middle ground five because I don't know what she was using. Mm -hmm. Um, I know she was using an app, but off of my next evidence after Rebecca goes next, I've seen actual ghost boxes being used in that place and similar, uh, similar words and voices and stuff have come through. So I'm going to stick with a five on my middle ground. Okay. I'm going to go, I'll go the same, Bob, because you're right. The, I think our next couple pieces here are going to show some, some different results, but it is a little, a little sus as the kids would say. I'm going to, I'm going to go one on this one. Whoa. Because, um, because I have not watched the video, so I was not privy to all this information. Uh, you were sent prior. all of this, uh, so I'm sorry if you <laughs> I chose was not, not sent to this. click on it. I was not sent this, so <laughs> I can show I, you I'm, the message. I'm going to give it a one then. <laughs> all right, so I, I'm willing to bet once you watch the video, Pat will. Uh, that'll have a rebuttal. Yeah, it'll be zero. Don't, yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'm going to go next. Um, TFIL, which I have not been able to figure out what it stands for exactly, um, but it's a group on YouTube that um, basically their their goal is to have like a thousand experiences or something like that. I don't know, and they're they're filming them, but um, recently they've been spending like nights in places or whatever. So they just did a series on on the Cecil Hotel. Okay. It's a group of guys. They're really funny. They prank each other. So Mm. there's a lot of stuff that like, you know, is spooky, but it's not really because there's they're just joking. Right. But 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 there's three full episodes of this, by the way. Again, I'll have it in our show notes. But um, I would I just watched most of the first one, which is just them exploring the next ones. Then they bring in some like more official paranormal investigators. I didn't get a chance to watch those. Um, but basically, there's a room that they found. I think it was on the seventh floor, which is you know kind of the famous floor, uh, and it was it was the only room they found that actually had furniture in it. And the door was open, which there are rooms with doors open. Like, that's not that unusual. But the fact that it had furniture was really weird. And they said it was way down the hall. Like, it would be a weird room to have as like a like a test room, mm-hmm. you know, or like a showcase room. Sure. And anyway, so they felt it was weird. So they did a spirit box session there with a real spirit box. And the way that they did it was really interesting because the person listening to the spirit box actually listened to it through headphones that were like, you know, so they could only hear, they could only hear the spirit box. They couldn't hear the other people in the room. And so then the people in the room, the other two investigators would just ask questions like you would, right? Like, is there a spirit here? Is, you know, who's in this room? That kind of stuff. And then the guy with the spirit box would like just shout out or say any words that they heard from Mm -hmm. the spirit box. And it wouldn't necessarily have any relation to the questions, except that it did. It was super spooky, it was not had nothing to do with Elisa Lamb. It was, you know, just some spirit that was in this room that wanted them to get out. <laughs> was not hmm. happy they were there. Um, it was it was really freaky. 
So this was a spirit box session that was done in a very different way and it felt more real to me. I've actually participated in those. I can't think of the experiment off the top of my head, but it's um, based off of an old uh, old scientific research when the spiritualism movement was moving and you know there was actual science, like real scientists trying to move in and do experiments like this. And I can't think of the name off the top of my head. I want to say it's Garfield. But the Garfield experience is really interesting. Garfield like the cat? No, it was the scientist that was doing this. Oh, okay. I bet he liked lasagna, though. Probably. I mean, who doesn't? Uh, And my fans that listen to this are probably yelling at me because I got the name wrong, and I apologize. But the concept is that you wear soundproof headphones over normal headphones, and you wear a um, some sort of, like, blinded goggle. And the idea is that you can't see or hear um, what people are asking you, and they're pumping white noise into the headphones that are running through those uh, those radio waves. And I've been on the receiving end and asking questions, uh, so I've been on both ends of this particular thing. And it doesn't surprise me that those weird things happen, because, man, I've had some odd, odd experiences doing those in my time as an investigator that I physically can't explain. Hmm. Well, I mean, to me, I I don't know if keeping the questions from the person that is listening really has that much effect. I, I believe that they are saying what they believe that they hear. I, I don't know if it's actually clear um, what they what they hear. Most of the time with spirit boxes, you really have to you really have to um, listen very, very carefully in order to hear something. And I just, to me, I, I really believe that they are putting themselves in the moment. I mean, I could probably figure out half of the questions being asked if I was the one with the headphones on. Um, you know, you're in a haunted area. The first question is, is there going to be, is, is there any spirits here? What are the spirits' names? Those, I mean, they're just, there's just typical questions that people ask. So I don't think that that proves anything. I think that uh, Rebecca saying that they like to prank each other, I mean, really could mean that this is a prank. No, they really, I mean, they did trade off too, like who was doing what. Uh, no, like you could tell a marked difference in there. But it's just like a Ouija board. I mean, you're in a party and you want um, you want it to be something spooky, so you move that little pendulum. They're just it. I, I don't believe any of this. <laughs> All right. So, what was your rating, uh, Bob? Do you want to go first on oh, your rating? Oh, I see. I, I certainly will because I've done the experiment before, and I can tell you for facts that there has been experiences that I've had doing that. That again, I can't explain, and sometimes left me staying awake at night trying to figure it out. Uh, I'm going with an eight. An eight. Okay. Uh, I'm doing a seven. I'm doing a zero. Yes, I had a feeling. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you guys make fun of me because of this, but I mean, you should go into everything skeptical and you should should think of everything on a skeptical basis. So I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. There are many listeners, I'm sure, are very happy that you're here and you're giving the answers that you do. You know, here's the thing too. Like in real life, when I'm not on Ghostly or Bob After Dark, I am not this big of a 
douchebag skeptic. I mean, I seriously, like, I keep my opinions to myself and I admire the stories and I, you know, I, I mean, I'm, but when, when forced to give my opinion, I'm going to give my opinion then. That's why we're here. Yep. And that's, it's important. This is just a real quick side point. Skepticism is just important in the paranormal world as belief. And I've been around both in this community. I've been with hardcore skeptics, which, you know, the unfiltered skeptic, I would compare to like Nick Macragas. And then there's, you know, the uh, blind believer, which I'll call Zach Bagans, just for the, <laughs> just for the sake of argument. And there's an interesting spectrum between both of them. And I've been on investigations. I've interviewed people on both sides of the spectrum. And it's, it's important to hear both of those things. If I go into an investigation, I always go in with a skeptical mindset because yeah. it's not everything that happens is paranormal. I can tell you that right off the bat. I've been on plenty of leaky piped houses and tell you that it's not a ghost running around, but a leaky pipe. Or maybe it's, it's a haunted videotape. <laughs> Space jam. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that's just the reality of the situation. I, I, you yeah. know, I don't really have much else to say about that other than that's the reality of the situation. Did you ever watch so, that Space Jam copy? I have not. Oh. Um, I think the tape is ruined, but it is definitely a piece in the Bob After Dark Occult uh, Museum. Oh, yes. My, my recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Bob, did you have another piece of evidence for us today? I do, and I'm going to be very, very brief on this. Um, our old pal Zach Bagans, <laughs> he did a... Oh, uh, Zach. Zach has a special at the Cecil Hotel because, of course, he does. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that episode was him not trying to track down Lisa Lamb. A lot of that was him trying to contact Richard Ramirez. Oh, okay. The Night Stalker. Um, yes, the Night Stalker. There was a lot of that going on in that episode. And there's a lot of... Zach running around, um, you really have to take those kinds of things with a grain of salt. I'm not going to discredit you, Zach, if you're listening to this. Um, I understand you have a show. You have to have ratings. So there's going to be quote, end quote, evidence. But at the end of the day, there are some weird things that go on in these investigations with Zach that, okay, I can't explain that. And some of those voice boxes that come through um, calling out to things in the past, uh, former residents of the hotel, uh, we're knocking in a very empty hotel that, you know, I'm assuming the cast and crew aren't crawling through the walls, banging on them to make an appearance. Uh, so that's, that's the whole thing. If you guys want to check out the episode, it's actually on discovery plus, which you guys should sponsor me discovery plus, um, hmm. you can search the episode. It's on there in the entirety. It's, uh, it's, fascinating and so is so is dark side of the ring right that's yeah, on discovery uh, no, that's, plus no that's a vice uh that's a vice production i believe uh, that they that they now have it on discovery plus too i would if you just made my day by telling <laughs> so that's uh that's about it the, the big thing was like zach is whenever zach does an investigation he's always looking for the controversial figure so the fact that richard ramirez was coming through on some of these spirit boxes, etc. That was fascinating to me. And I, if there's a place that maybe he is haunting on this earth, the Cecil is probably a good place to be. Whereas on the flip side, when he was doing his Juliet present episode, and he was saying that uh, 
Gacy was haunting that. I, I don't buy into it because he wasn't there very long. But in yeah. this case, if but, there's but like Nick a, was. But Nick was, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're if you're going to argue that there is somebody haunting the Cecil, I would say either Lisa Lamb, unfortunately, or Richard Ramirez would be the two kind of spirits that are lurking around that building. So all right, um, that's, that's just my overview of the episode. Uh, solid five rating. All right. Well, interestingly enough, um, there is no documented proof that Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, actually stayed at the Cecil Hotel. Um, it is all speculation. I mean, he wouldn't have checked in as Richard Ramirez or Night Stalker. <laughs> he wouldn't have put that on the guest book. Um, so there is nothing really proving that he stayed there. It's just speculation because he did spend a lot of time in Skid Row and, um, you know, he did, um, kill people that were, um, women of the night, you know? And, um, so that is speculation. And also one of the hotel, um, one of the people that worked at the front desk said that they actually spoke with him. So I, you know, I really doubt that a Richard Ramirez would have come through. It could have been somebody else. Um, but I, I doubt in particular that person. I, um, there was another bit of a thing here. I completely forgot to mention from that episode. I just saw in my notes here is, um, one of the most famous true crime stories of all time actually has a tie-in with the Cecil, and her spirit is said to be still hanging around there. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the story of the Black Dahlia. Yes, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Apparently, her last known location on Earth that people have seen her alive was having a drink at the lounge in the Cecil Hotel. And her spirit has been known to walk among the lounge and just kind of making her presence known. I just want to toss that story out. Not any particular investigator has said that. That's just bits of research that came up. I thought I'd tie back in. Well, again, that is um, speculation and rumor that she was there. There's no documented proof of it. There's no pictures. No, it's a, again, it's a, it's supposedly that's what she was at, but it still makes for a good story. It does. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to believe that all these people stayed there. Um, I just don't have enough proof to go by and to officially say that. That's why in the history I did, um, say that it was, um, that he supposedly stayed there. Rebecca, do you have anything? Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm always a little suspect with ghost adventures. Sauce. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it like a four. Okay. With that one. Bob, you said a solid five? Yeah, you have to be middle ground with some of these big. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, it's hard to know. It's just funny how in every episode of Ghost Adventures, there's always a ghost. There's always shadow people. There's always, you know, this. It's like, can they ever have an episode where nothing happens? <laughs> yeah, no, because that wouldn't sell. There's better shows out there that do that. Yes. Ghost Nation is very famous for being that show where you could spend an hour watching an investigation and nothing happens. Yeah. And I would imagine doing your investigations, probably that is more likely to happen than than you discovering something, right? 
Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, yeah. People always ask me, and this is just a quick side note. Um, people always ask me, oh, what's it like being a ghost hunter? You know, somebody that walks in the shadows. A ghostbuster, would you? A ghostbuster, if you will. <laughs> and I always tell them, I'm like, it's, you know, it's that expectation versus reality meme. Expectation is you go into a house and you're experiencing like the poltergeist movie in front of you and hmm. all this nonsense is going on. And when in reality, it's a lot of standing around a very dark, drippy place where a bathroom isn't working. <laughs> yeah. You're just waiting for something to happen. Uh, it's fascinating when it does, and it's even more fascinating when you can't explain what happens, but that's the reality of the situation. All right. Well, I'm going to give this one a zero. Okay. So, uh, big surprise. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so do we want to do some overall ratings, kind of based on all of the evidence together? Yeah, it Absolutely. sounds fun. So, yeah. yeah. So, Bob, what would you say overall, you know, overall, is, is this haunted? If I was doing a ghostly debate where I was timed, my intro would be, what is a haunting? A lot of times in the paranormal world, people always try to figure out what exactly is a ghost? What is a spirit? Why are they still hanging around? And a lot of times, I my answer to people is my belief is some sort of energy footprint of things left behind. The more powerful the emotional reaction, the more bigger the potent footprint left behind. In a place like the Cecil Hotel, where there are so many weird, odd stories, and even in the documentary, the general manager touches base on our first night there with the maintenance man, and he points at the locations and says, somebody died there, somebody died there, somebody owed me there, etc. That's such a weird, big, nasty footprint in one building that it wouldn't surprise me if some of these stories that we're hearing about are actually true. If you were, if I was to take a guess and say, and I've never been to the hotel, I've been outside of it. If I was to go in there and try to do an investigation, I would probably be a gamble and say that there is something lingering around there, uh, whether it be Lisa Lamb, whether it be, you know, the Night Stalker, whether it be the Black Dahlia, or just one of the own residents that are hanging out there. It's no foolproof answer but if i was to take a guess i would say that place is definitely haunted and i would give an overall rating of a nine nine wow okay i wasn't wasn't expecting that true believer Uh, i'm I'm middle leaning (laughs) to believing but that's that place just has an energy about it i would say rebecca what would you say so I think my overall rating would be a seven, I think. Um, a lot of similar things to Bob in that I feel like it is a place that has had a lot of negative things happen. Um, and therefore, there is a very good chance that there are some spirits there, things you know that have been left behind or linger there, um, some energy. Um, but I also feel like it's a very... It just had a very troubled history. It's not um, a place that, uh, I mean, it only had a few years of being kind of like a, I don't know, a decent hotel kind of after that, you know, just the just from the nature of the people that stayed there and, and, and the kind of hotel it was, um, a lot of bad things happened. So it's, do I think that there might be some haunt, hauntings there? Yes. Um, but I don't know that the place is what causes the bad things to happen. I think that's a, a little bit of a distinction. I mean, I do think people get spooked out being there and maybe see things, um, but I don't know that the hotel is like causing the deaths. 
or the suicides. I think those things happen because it's a sad place with sad people. Um, but I, I that that but I also think that because of all of those things happening, there's probably some leftover energy. All right. Um sad people, sad people, sad things. Oof, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> well then mine might give you goosebumps too. I'm gonna give this one a one. Whoa. Overall one, and I'm gonna say because I have never been there and I've never talked to the people, it's it you know, I, I don't feel that there's any scientific evidence that we've presented today that would necessarily tell me for sure this is paranormally uh, haunted, which, I mean, Rebecca is accurate in saying that it would take a lot for me to actually come out and say, I, yeah, this is definitely paranormal. But that's my job. That's what I do here on Ghostly. Um, and um, I, I just, I don't feel that there's any relevant scientific evidence that can prove that this is haunted. So therefore it gets a one. All right. All right. So I want to thank you, Bob, for doing this crossover episode and arranging this. Uh, This has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed being bullied by you guys. (laughs) Rebecca and Pat, you guys are my favorite podcasters in the entire world. I absolutely adore what you guys do. You're like my podcast Yoda and Obi-Wan. I I can't thank you all enough for everything you Wait. do and the fact that I get an opportunity to collaborate with you on my end. Wait, which one which one is Yoda and which one is Obi-Wan? Because I believe I've been working on my skin a lot, so I don't know if I would be a Yoda. <laughs> Rebecca is the Rebecca is the unsung hero. I'm the, Ob- I'm the Obi-Wan. I'm sorry. She is definitely the Obi-Wan. Uh-huh. Obi, like going into battle against General Grievous while you are the uh, the Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. The well, I mean, the hero who's just like, hey, let me teach you. Yeah. And then I could say that there is another out there. <laughs> <laughs> and that other is Zach Baggins. <laughs> Thank you, Zach Baggins, for everything oh that you've God. done for Ghostly. Wow. wow. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bob After Dark. We will see you next time. Remember, the most important rules of Bob After Dark are not all who wander are lost, and as above, so below. Stay ghostly. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Bye. <laughs>